Hey guys, oh my goodness, it is wedding season. So I thought I would create this special wedding season edition on how to plan for your special day or plan for your engagement or how to say that I do question. Um, we're gonna be talking about do's and don'ts to set you up for your wedding success. We're gonna talk about conversations on to what to have before you say I do and setting you up for a crazy juicy wedding and happily ever after. So here's my special edition of Wedding Season of Crazy Juicy Love. So welcome to Crazy Juicy Love. I have a I'm so honored to have this woman in front of me. Her name is Hope. She is an officiant. This is June, you know, wedding, big, big wedding month. So I thought, what appropriate to have an officiant and a marital counselor on to talk about you know, being an officiant and do's and don'ts and, and marriage and premarital conversations. So um, thank you, Hope, so much, so, so much for being here. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm, so, I'm truly honored, really. <laughs> so first of all, first of all, how did you even get into being an officiate? Like, like what inspired you? Like, how did you even get into that? <laughs> uh, a friend of mine asked me to officiate her wedding. Um, and I've told the story so many times. But um, yeah, a friend of mine asked me and I said no. I was oh. like, why me? <laughs> You, know, you said no? <laughs> I said no. I said no a few times, actually, until she wore me down. Wow. And I said, you know what? Like, I can have my own beliefs here, but if she really wants this, I need to be here for her. Mm. So I was able to legally perform one ceremony on one day, getting a permit from the, the county uh, that she was getting married in, in California. Um, and then once I did that, I was like whoa, what's that? And hmm. like, I wasn't expecting it to be as powerful as it was. And even the couple themselves said, you know, Hope, we knew you were going to be good at this, but we didn't know you were going to be that good. Hmm. So it, it really was a nice paradigm shift for me to say, okay, you know, is this a possibility and what does it look like? Um, it was unfortunate that that particular couple also was having uh, issues in their relationship. Um, so I encouraged them to start a dialogue on at least getting all of their issues on the table before marriage. So I actually, we stopped their marriage. We stopped the wedding. Wow. Like the day of? Day of. Wow. For about an hour for them to talk through every issue. And it's, I, I didn't wow. know. Yeah, it was a total wow. And I even said to her, because it was in the car. Uh, to um, to the bride, my friend, on our way home from getting the permit and getting um, the, her marriage license. And I said, I, I don't know how to help you here, but I know this much that it's a responsibility for me to do what I'm doing. So I can't marry you today if these, if, you know, if these issues are still on the table. Mm. So I, I'm, I said, I don't even know what I'm asking. And I've kind of found my way and basically said, okay, I'm not asking you to solve them today because that's not fair, but can you at least get them all out in the open? Mm. So the couple wound up uh, having an, about an hour conversation, getting everything out on the table to a place where it was comfortable and they could look at all of the issues in the face and maybe find a way through. Mm. Um, but I got lucky that day because I, I couldn't help them, but I encouraged them in a way. But there, the wedding itself was an informal wedding on the beach. There was no timing. Like they just, we were like, when everyone's ready, we're going to go to the beach. So we didn't have to deal with wedding timeline or caterers or photographers or the light. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how the, like a lot of times, like my weddings, of course, over the weekend, it was built on the light. 
they like they they're like we need to get married at you know six oh two or more that the light you know is on our side for sunset pictures afterwards. Um, but yeah, so I got lucky that day. So it was that couple that then got me thinking, huh? If this is my path. And I really do think it's a true calling for me. But it took mm. me about you know two years to get through there. But I said you know if this is my path, and if couples need assistance, I can't find that out on the day of. So how can I be a better uh, resource, a better guide for couples as they prepare for marriage? And then that has then expanded to you know people that I work with that maybe not begin not not getting married or maybe not engaged yet or are already married to be able to say okay what do we need to look at to better strengthen your marriage what's working and what's not mm. issues that we really need to talk through wherever you are in the continuum of your relationship so that's how I began to build my uh, my practice. And that's how I continue to look at at least the counseling piece now. Wow. And are you certified in that or is this something that just came over time with by doing it? So I am an ordained minister mm-hmm. now. So at least in terms of my officiating work, uh, you know, that is the, the legal qualifications that I have for that. Mm-hmm. In terms of the counseling piece, um, I'm not a licensed therapist, and I'm very clear about what I do and what I don't. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm not a therapist. So if couples come to me looking for a couples therapy, you know, I'm always like, okay, if that's the modality that you want, I'm not your person. Wow. Yeah. But I created this premarital counseling program to really look at the different aspects of of you know what a what a strong relationship could be. And to really go through each of those topics, making sure that it's as strong as it needs to be currently, or making sure that you talk through any of these issues that could come up in the future, yeah. prep for them when you need them. Wow. I mean, I just have, so, first of all, learned so much about you right now. And I'm like, wow, yes. <laughs> um, I'm not as like, like, where am I going to go now? I had... I know. Prepared. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I'm like I have things prepared. I'm just like okay, okay. One, what was the wow moment? Like, can you talk about that? Like, because I know for me, when I started to be started, co- I didn't really realize that I was a coach until I asked my friend a specific question that cracked something open and I thought I did something wrong by asking the thing that because like what you're doing with a couple asking your friend to do the very thing or ask the question that needed to be asked otherwise they're building a marriage on top of an inauthentic truth you know and so a foundation that's not as strong as it can be yes you know so but what was the wow moment for you you're like holy crap like this this is this might be my path like what was that experience what was what was the moment i guess if you can recall well i mean i i think i don't think there was one i mean mm-hmm. i really think sitting in the car with with my friend who was talking about some issues that were going on in her relationship that i don't know where i got that the power or the courage to be able to say yeah i, I can't marry you today um, the, w- once I created the program, um, it was about, two, it was about two years later. It was the second couple who asked me to officiate, uh, were also friends of mine, but I said, Hey guys, I created this thing. I think it works. I think <laughs> it makes sense, but can you go through it with me to make sure? Mm. So it was really after each of those sessions, and the way that I originally worked it is, you know, there are, you know, basically nine causes of divorce in this country or in the Western world, mm-hmm. maybe in the world in general, but I'm really looking at, you know, because for the most part I'm dealing with, you know, with Americans and you know, I'm looking at what is affecting Americans. Right. Um, so originally I was looking at, you know, seven sessions. Yeah. And we would take the time to go through each 
individual topic in, in the course of an hour. But for the most part, it seemed a little much with some of those topics. So, um, so it was at least in that, you know, that first iteration with that first couple, it was at the end of every session, just making sure that I, I was on the right path. Right. So it was basically asking them at the, at the end of each session, was this helpful? Did this make sense? Was this conversation valuable for you? And just mm. hearing over and over again, yes. And wow, we would never have that conversation without, you know, your prompting us. Wow, wow. We wouldn't have approached it that way. And that couple actually uh, had known each other for 14 years and at that time had been together as a couple for seven. Mm. So this couple knew each other. So there are many times where couples reach out to me for uh, for me to officiate where I say, hey guys, just for you to know, I also offer premarital counseling. Is that something you may be interested in? I don't require it, but I encourage it. And a lot of times they're like, we know each other really well, we're good. So I, I have to take it at face value because, you know, especially at that moment, the couples know their relationship much more than I do. Right. <laughs> but... Um, but for me to then potentially say, just for you to know, some of the couples that I've worked with who have, find, who have found a lot of value in this work have been together, you know, seven years, 10 years. So, you know, just because you feel like you've been together for so long does not mean that you've dug as deeply as you could. Yeah. So like... Sometimes yeah, so like, I'll probably go into my next question, you know, so what are some of the tough things that couples, well, what are the nine causes of divorce and what are some of the questions that couples should be asking before they even maybe even consider being engaged? Like, what are some of the tough, tough subjects that couples avoid? This is where I usually say, what do you think they are? <laughs> well, I know a couple, I know a couple, well, one of them is like money, sex, yeah. um, I mean that I know those are the, the two big ones, uh, money, sex. Not, you said nine, right? Um, children. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, like, oh, like I would say last name changes, or sometimes I'm not sure if that's the that's not the board. Kind of lump that into beliefs and values. Yes, but oh yes. So that can also <laughs> that also encompasses uh, religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Rel- beliefs and values. Let's see what else causes divorce. Um. Um. Like careers. Uh, oh, I don't know. Um. That usually also falls under beliefs and values, just in terms of right. looking at, you know, a, uh, ambition, looking at, uh, you know, location where you want to live. Yeah. Uh, okay. Family relationships. I was thinking that. I was like, well, maybe, but that can be a conflict because, oof. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's going back into you know where you come from, and a lot of the beliefs that you have are from the folks that raised you. Yeah, family. Oh, yes, definitely family. Um, uh, communication. Yes. And that's the first one. Like, that's the first one I always cover because if you can't have a conversation with anybody, you can't talk about anything else. <laughs> I mean, you can't even talk about, you can't even talk about the other the other five right there. No, I, indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> um, Decision making is a huge one. Like, what do you mean? Most- Mm-hmm. Uh, making decisions, how, how you make decisions within the relationship or outside of the relationship. Like who's making a decision, who's versus, like, what do you mean? Can you go say more about that? Well, I mean, most of the couples that I'm working with are engaged couples that are on uh, on the verge of getting married. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, it has to do with wedding planning. Okay. How you make decisions that way. Mm-hmm. It's also that, you know, most of these couples that I'm working with as well, um, hold up, we're at seven. Yeah, very good. Uh, that um, most of the couples that um, I'm working with, uh, you know, are potentially older. Mm-hmm. So they're not straight out of mom and dad's house if 
if that's where they came from. So a lot of times they've been, they're very individual and independent. They've made their own decisions. And now all of a sudden they're like, crap, now I have to consider somebody else. Yes, yeah. As I make a decision about, you know, what I want to do uh, for work. You know, I've had a number of couples recently that have opportunities uh, in career that, that are like, oh, I really want to do it. But now I have to actually have a conversation with my partner and decide if it's the best for us. Coming, that's another woman. She goes, coming, going from me to we. Yes. Like, yeah. Yep. I talk a lot about that, even in terms of space. Yeah. Like creating a space for the two of you to live in, in your home. You know, that's a huge one. You know, I dealt with that when I first moved in with my first boyfriend because, like, even though he had a big apartment, his stuff took up all the closets. I had nowhere to put my clothes. I I was I was still living, I was for a month still living out of a suitcase. And and I was like, what is the deal? I feel like I don't belong here. Like, that's so important so the other couple to feel like they belong. Uh, and we fought a lot and because I didn't feel like I belong. Yeah. Like, even to move a book was a huge deal. That's, ooh, belonging is yeah. necessary when you're moving into that, that space or yeah, in a relationship. I refer, I refer uh, a lot of my couples to other professionals, whether it be, you know, career coaches, um, sometimes life coaches, financial planners, um, uh, sex therapists. But the one that I refer the most is actually a home organizer. Oh, wow. Really? Because of that, that particular piece, because of that exact piece. Wow. I've never, ever thought about that. Wow. Because that will... What will inform you to like actually recommend that? Like, what are the signs that you see that will allow you to recommend a home organizer? When you're talking um, to couples. Before I meet with any couples prior to counseling, I have them fill out a questionnaire so I have a better idea of who the two of them are, how they see the relationship, where there's overlaps, and mm -hmm. where there's not. Um, you know, and usually something comes out around around either home there. Um, I also, fr you know, from when I was still working as a life coach, because I did have a brief hmm. little um, interim as a life coach, and that's how I started to transition more from being a life coach to use those same tools for premarital counseling, is I have them look at all of these different aspects of their lives. One of them being uh, physical environment. So I have them rate different uh, categories on a scale of one to 10. And if that physical environment is low, it's usually because they're tired of being in New York or maybe they're not from New York and they need more, um, uh, they need uh, to get out into you know, either suburbia or rural. They need the grass <laughs> and the <Yeah>. tree. <laughs> yeah. um, but sometimes they don't like where they live. So it's usually if there's a low physical environment number, I can dig a little bit deeper in to say, is it that you live in a super small apartment and you don't know how to use your space wisely? Um, or is it that you need to find a way uh, and relocate out of New York City? Mm. Wow. Okay. Or out of whatever, because I do work with couples internationally as well, that sometimes it's, you know, finding a different spot wherever they are. Well, wow, it's like so it's so awesome that you do that. I don't think that um, that's not even the first thing I would have thought about, but but it's something that's so necessary to order to make room. And it's something that, you know, I'm a I studied with Catherine Woodward Thomas in the calling in one, and that's something that she talks about is making space. Like you're trying to call someone into your life, into your love life, and she's like, you know, and you go into your room or your apartment, your house, and you don't have your your closets filled to the filled to the rim, and they you can't even put a new dress or a new suit in, or your dressers are full to the rim, and there's nothing for the person can leave something to you know inside the drawer, or there's not to do nightstands. You like 
tell couples to like feng shui their apartment so they can have both ends so you because that's also important to the person can feel like they have their own side to enter into and i was like oh that makes so much sense Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> like wow you know and even just having two toothbrushes if you're single like that you're having expectation that somebody's going to come over and you're already prepared for love to like drop into your your space wow i'm so happy yeah. you do that yeah, wow and it, it really just came from listening and just being very open to receiving whatever you know whatever the couples needed mm. for the most part you know couples are 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 past you know that space of you know trying to create space and you know hold space because they're already in a relationship wow sometimes they don't realize you know where a sensor may be yeah you know where they're not opening enough space you know i did have a couple yesterday that you know and and it comes up every once in a while that something happened in that person's life that uh didn't doesn't allow them to lean on on anybody else that they have to find the strength in themselves to survive mm. so you know they're like no no i don't need your assistance thank you but i don't need it but the other one wants to give it. Yeah. It's kind of like then, you know, are we partners here or are we not? Yeah. And that sometimes manifests itself in in space. Yeah, this reminds me of a coach. He said, you know, sometimes couples haven't made that shift from being single to a couple. He's like there's a def- there's a definite shift from being being boyfriend and girlfriend to being an official like couple to being an engaged couple and to being a married couple and a lot of people still operate as if they're like either single or still the boyfriend it's like no there's a distinct distinction called being engaged we're preparing our lives to be married and people struggle with making a shift because it's still so comfortable with being independent over here Wow. Yes, yes and no, because I then flip it and say, you know, are you know, is there anything that you fear or fear you're going to be giving up? Right. When you take on this new role as husband or wife. Yeah. And a lot of times I do hear I'm afraid I'm going to be giving up my individuality. Yeah. So then we need to flip it and say, okay, then what do you want to fight for for you? Mm. What's going to be important especially if you guys want to have children? that all of a sudden that you're just beginning to become the mom or the dad and you're going to forget that you're also a husband and or a wife. Mm. You're going to forget that you're actually a man or a woman. Yeah. So it's really important to be able to do both. Yeah. So there has to be that fluidity for back and forth because you know sometimes when you get into that relationship it's all about the we. Yeah. There's something about like either you know the lust as mm-hmm. well as that excitement about I want to be with you all the time. Yeah. That you then forget about who you are as an individual. That it's reminding you, "Hey, what do you love to do?" and you don't have to do everything together. Yeah. If you want to. You can have your own interests, you can have your own um your own friends if that's comfortable for both parties. Yeah. Wow. So we had seven, so what are the the other the other two? Um, the other two are um, uh, social activities and spending time together. Mm. Sometimes that is also where the individuality individuality is to say, you know, I need personal time. Like I want to make sure that there is social time for us, maybe with our friends, but also I need some me time. Yeah. Well, um, and then the last one. Oh, I know. I, it's so funny because we went out of order. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, uh gosh it's gonna um oh you're gonna make me go through all of them again (laughs) so go ahead you can name them off um oh god what are we missing at least i need to call or i need to call up my big issues list maybe that's (laughs) yeah i'm totally i'm totally wimping out here that's okay Uh, where's my big issues list and i'm gonna i know i'm gonna kick myself by going i can't believe i didn't remember what it was um oh roles in the marriage so what do you say more about that like um uh what you bring to the table and 
making sure that the roles that you have within the relationship uh, are equal and fair, mm. as well as things that you that you want to do. Sometimes, you know, you know, one person is either better at say like finances. Maybe in their career they. Um, you know, work within finance or work within, you know, something related to money, but they don't want to do it in their personal life too. Right. It's kind of like, oh, you're going to assume that I'm going to take on the role as making sure that the finances work well in the relationship in the marriage. Yeah. Uh, God, I do that every day at work. Can we find some way to find some balance? You know, that's very interesting. Like, I don't think most couples or even even talk about that like you're as you're saying i was like wow like there's always this assumption that because you're the man or you're the woman in a straight relationship or like in a gay relationship like you're the masculine one you're the feminine one or like bottom top there's this x that's just expectation that you're going to take care of this because that's what i identify what this role should be and you're going to do that i'm going to do this because this is my role and what, and it's never discussed. And it's always like the underlining thing that's combating with couples. Oh my God. It's such a, like, how did you even discover that particular thing to bring up, bring up? Because I can totally see how that's a very, I mean, all of these are hot topics, but that's a hot topic with couples. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty huge. Cause I mean, sometimes, you know, the way that I approach it as well is that I, you know, I ask, you know, each of the pair to say, you know, you know, what you're bringing to this relationship is that what you bring to all relationships. Yes. That different based on, you know, who the person is beside you. Or in your last relationship, did you bring the same things? Or, you know, is there a bit of give and take because of of who's beside you? Yeah. Um, and, and you do hear a little bit of both saying, you know, no, no, that's who I am. That's my, that, that's my genius. Mm -hmm. Or like, that's my strength. And that's what I kind of bring to every relationship. I'm always the nurturer. I'm always the, you know, the motivator. I'm always, you know, whatever that, whatever that may be. Or sometimes you do hear that, you know what, I don't have to, you know, motivate as much because he or she doesn't need that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's at least allowing that conversation to happen. And for me then to ask of, you know, is does that work for you? Because sometimes, you know, couples, you know, don't want to do that. They're like, you know, I'm always the one that, you know, does these certain chores. And that usually, that the chore conversation usually winds up in, in this topic as well, you know, to say, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the, the only one, you know, cleaning the bathroom. Or I don't want yeah. only one cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there is that balance to say, you know, if you're if you have a higher tolerance for cleanliness, you 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 know you may not be you know, or if you have a lower tolerance for cleanliness and your partner doesn't, you're going to probably be the one cleaning most of the time. Right. Because your partner's not going to necessarily know they should or have to. And that's really important, like to even before you even get involved in a relationship to even like to say to yourself can I accept this person if I'm and I have a high tolerance of cleaning and my partner doesn't I have to accept that this person doesn't do that not have this expectation of them to, to follow my footsteps which can create a lot of conflict and heartache in relationships. Wow, you know, wow. Learning so much here, yeah. <laughs> yeah those are the nine, we got, we got them all out. Yes. So like, what are, what, are, what are some of the common mistakes you see couples do? I, I mean, I can just go anyway with this with like, before they getting, before they even get engaged, like do couples come to you like, hey, I'm thinking about getting engaged and they, and they give you this rundown you're like oh don't do that you know do you deal with that um i mean yes and no most of the times couples are are coming to me because they're they are in a committed relationship yeah um but uh you know it's it's you know sometimes you know a gut 
re, you know, it's a gut feeling. Like, is yeah. this the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, whether or not you want to get married? Because I mean, that's usually one of the first questions I ask when I have someone sitting in front of me or a couple sitting in front of me of like, the, why do you even want to do this? Like uh, traditions have changed that, you know, you don't have to get married if you don't want to. So, I mean, if somebody's forcing you to, that's another story for another day, but right. you, know, uh, you know, social norms have changed that, you know, for the most part, either a religious entity or a family entity may not look down on you if you're like, no, no, I'm going to be in a committed relationship with this person, but legally, I don't necessarily need to marry him or her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's making sure that uh, that you really want to be with this person for who they are now, mm-hmm. knowing, of course, that they're going to change no matter what, not because you know you want them to. Yeah. But because they're going to grow and mature. But I mean, there are some of those larger topics that uh, are potential deal breakers. So yeah. usually I wind up talking deal breakers and, and must-haves in the final session. But like say, uh, you know, a couple, uh, you know, one of the pair definitely doesn't want to have children. And the mm-hmm. other does. You know, for me, it's, you know, there is a potential of really looking at the two of them and saying, is this a deal breaker? Knowing that, that, you know, while you think the person may change their mind one way or the other, they may not. So is it, is it worth moving forward or is it now realizing that, you know, that you may need to release each other and find and, and, and move on and find your separate ways, knowing that there is complete deep love for each other, but this may not be your partner for life. And what are some of the deal breakers? Oh, deal breakers, they're they're hilarious. Uh, uh, Usually it's some kind of criminality. (laughs) Other than cheating, I'm sure that's one of them. Yeah, but you know, it's really interesting because there's a very large continuum of what cheating and what infidelity could look like. Mm -hmm. Sometimes couples are okay with it if there is no emotional component. Sometimes couples are okay with it if they know about it ahead of time. Uh, that so they're going know, to cheat. That it's at least it's that there's a there's an okay, or like if there is the possibility of an open relationship to be able to talk about what infidelity could look like. Uh, because you know, especially when we do talk uh, about infidelity, which sometimes comes around beliefs and values, sometimes it comes around sex and intimacy. Mm. That um, to be able to look at. Uh, you know, what an open relationship could look like or multiple partners could look like. Um, Especially when I ask a couple, um, uh, is it important to be faithful in your marriage? And I get like a wide-eyed or I get a question like, (laughs) what do you mean by that? What do you mean? You you know what I mean by that. But yes, but they, they, you know, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they don't have a traditional view. Most of the time, I want to say probably, you know, 90% of the time when I say, hey, how important is it important to be faithful? People look at me all very questionable and they're like, uh, yeah, it's important. But I have had couples recently that are like, um, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, what is what do you feel your definition of uh, faith of, of faithfulness is? Right, and, then, and yeah, that's a really good point. And there's still there's an assumption that when you become a couple, that that's the agreement that we're agreeing on. And I remember specifically a couple. Um, well, I didn't know the other couple, but I knew the guy, one of the guy, a gay couple. And I asked him. I said, "Oh, so he?" I said, "So are you guys open?" He goes, "Well," and I was like. What do you mean? That's that's that, that's not an answer. He's like, well, we haven't discussed it, and I was just like, really, dude? Like, you are assuming that he's okay with your cheating, like, or you stepping outside? Like, that's not being responsible in your relationship. Like, you need to get clear so like that is not an issue 
because you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't bring that up. Like that is, that's not cool. He's like, they finally had a talk and now they're like not open unless he thought they were open. <laughs> but it's a valid thing. Yes. Sometimes there are major assumptions. Yeah. Sometimes, especially, you know, with, with gay men that it's kind of like, well, this is what is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you find it also with heterosexual couples, too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's really, you know, being as open as possible. And then usually when that comes up, I, I really try to do exactly what you did to say, you know, what, what are the rules? What's yeah. And what's not? And then, you know, is there the possibility of if one person says, you know what, I'm not cool with this anymore. I would prefer that we are monogamous or I prefer that, you know, we don't share our bed with anybody else. That is that okay or is that a deal breaker? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so what are, other than that, like what are, what are some unusual deal breakers? Oh gosh. Uh, When I do my workshops, I do, um, I I have my couples write them on these big post-it notes. play them around the room and it's really awesome. And I take photos of them and post them on Instagram. But um, uh, God, there was, I think, I want to say there was a, a really interesting one in the last, in the last one. No, of course, now I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, I want to say, uh, I, one of the must-haves I remember was that was fun was like Animal Lover. Uh, <laughs> or... Uh, yeah, I think, um, or actually, I think one of the deal breakers, you know, I think even when I said criminality, um, that it was like, you know, uh, you know, like felony offense, like it was like specific. Right. <laughs> like maybe an, a, like, you know, a light crime is okay. Not- <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, something that's a felony is like, is a deal breaker. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, like, Talk to us about like what couples should, or what kind of questions couples should do when they're, when they're looking for an officiant. Like, what is um, like what are the proper steps? How do you even find one? Like, what kind of questions that should they be asking? Because it's like dating as well. Like, you're matching each other to see if you are the right person. Like, how does a couple should start going go by? Or what tips can you share by picking an officiant? Um, I think it's really helpful to ask what an officiant's process is. Because mm. um, then you'll have a clearer idea of how he or she may work. And if that works for you. Um, you know, it, it's also, uh, you know, allowing a, a really open conversation, you know, about what you're looking for. And to see, you know, if a couple is even open to doing whatever you're asking for. Um, You know, for me, when couples reach out to me, they're like, you know, we're not looking for something religious. Uh, We're looking for something that really uh, shows the power of our union, that there's there's moments of humor. Mm. Um, That truly resonates, like those three pieces truly resonate with me. So usually, like as soon as I hear those three things, I'm like, <laughs> just please know that that's exactly how I look at ceremony. So that's really helpful for me that there, like, there is a, a, a common language mm. that we have here. Knowing that, you know, if a couple does want religion, I would add that in as well. But for me, it's really important to celebrate the strength of the union and who the couple is at this present time in their lives. Uh, that's how I would look at ceremony first. And then if they want to add anything cultural or, uh, or religious, we can then add it after that. Hmm. Um, other things that are, are, are helpful. Yeah, I mean, really looking at, um, at, at processes is helpful. I mean, I'm very clear with how on on how I both get information from a couple and then start to draft a ceremony. Mm. So again, if that doesn't work for couples, um, you know, if they you know want to either be more involved or less involved, like it's it's I think it's really helpful to know you know what I do because 
for the most part, I'm not going to change that. Yeah. Wow. They're looking for something else. Like with most vendors, with most wedding vendors, there's a lot of us out there. So, you know, you will find the person that resonates the best with you. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, there's something on your website. You said you combine mind, body, and soul with your clients. And like, that's really interesting. Like, how do you, how do you implement that with when you're working with your clients? You know, it's really just trying to be in, in the moment uh, and to really celebrate the ritual. Hmm. So if, uh, you know, a couple doesn't care about the ceremony, and I have had a number of couples reach out to me saying, you know what, we just need you to, like, sign the documents. We just need you to make this legal. We don't care. We just want to go party. For the most part, I'll tell the couple that I'm not your person. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to be, I want to be honest with what is because... The, because the ritual, because the celebration means so much to me and it, mm. it matters to me that I really want to find a couple that will match that. Maybe not as much as me and that's totally okay. <laughs> but, you know, the ceremony is the most important part of the wedding day because mm. it's the reason why everyone's getting together. Yeah. But for the most part, it's the shortest part of the day as well. So <laughs> right. the ceremonies that I perform are within 15, 20 minutes. They're not masses. They're not an hour long in a house of worship. So how can we ground the day in that celebration, in that ritual, in a really short period of time? So couples that understand that are a really good match for me. And what excites me even more is when they don't even know how to do it. They're like, okay, we want to celebrate the day. We want a really strong ceremony, but we have no idea how to do it. And then I say, then, then let me help you. Let me guide you. So all I'm going to need from you are like just some visions. So I ask, I ask a lot of times couples like how they envision the day or then how they envision the ceremony, or can you just give me some adjectives or some words that describe what the ceremony feels like for you? What do you see? What do you hear? So then mm. I can create that mm. through ceremony. Um, so, but couples that don't know, like really anything, you know, that's really hard to be able to play with. And then sometimes they don't care and that's totally okay. Because some couples don't care about the ceremony. Like for them, the legal part of it is not, is not you know, w why they're getting married. Um, but, you know, for me, that's usually not the couple that I resonate the most mm -hmm. with. Wow. So then yeah. I would normally send that couple on their way saying, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to just come and, and, you know, and sign my name and legalize mm. your wedding, legalize your union if... Um, you know, if I don't know who the two of you are. Yeah, well, well so you're really taking a stand for what, and honoring this thing called marriage. And it's like, you know, it's such a real joy and celebration to even find someone that you want to even do that with. And, you know, I mean, that's probably why I want to get married, just to honor, like, God, we are we found each other because we didn't give up and we found each other and we we're willing to go the long haul with each other to, and let's just celebrate that, you know, with our family and, and friends, the people that we love. Yeah. yeah uh, I still love not. that. Or not. Yeah. Or not. I've done a number of elopements this year with just the couple and they're yeah. like, we just want it for the two of us and we'll tell all of our friends and family later. Maybe we'll have a celebration or a dinner with them later, yeah. but this is how we want, this is how we want to really honor who the two of us are and what our relationship is and what our marriage is to be. Yeah, wow. I had a friend of mine, of my best friends, he literally, he told me, he said, you know, him and he, they were 
their boyfriend and girlfriend at the time and they went on a vacation with some friends and him and his girlfriend, they were joking about, we should get married. They were like, when? Let's do it tomorrow. And then they were like, can we make that happen? Because it was so happened when the friends wasn't efficient on the trip and it so happened the other one was a photographer and they were like, we want to get married. Can you make it happen tomorrow on the hill? And they were like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, just like that. It's like, just like that. And it was like, it was one of the most beautiful things that they experienced. It was just like 24 of them on top of this big hill out in, um, I can't remember, like I think California somewhere. There was nobody around, just the four of them. And it was just like, sure, quick and sweet. And they're just like the most, fun couple i just like i just love that story. that's awesome were they, was it legal i mean do they were they able to get the legal documentation ahead of time or i didn't ask that question but i somehow they're illegal um yeah afterwards but yeah um uh, so we're wrapping up i want to ask you a couple of questions uh, i mean just some of what comes to mind so what does a life of love mean to you a life of love. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, that's such an open. I, yeah, I know. Open, that's not fair. Um, See, a but life to of you, love look like to me, um, uh, you know, having a connection and support. Hmm. Um, having a. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, give and take, um, as well as uh, desire, mm. and I think that desire can be um, e- emotional. Uh, I think it could be spiritual. I think it could be sexual. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's one to really ponder more. Well, I ask, what does a day with the love of your life looks like? For me, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have. I don't know if I if I have what that is. I think it well, kind of. What would you imagine it to be? What would you want it to be like? What would it look like? What would it sound like? What would it smell like? Where would you be? You know, I work so much with uh, with others mm-hmm. that I don't ever like. I don't. I mean, it's rare that I flip it on to myself. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm sure. So I don't know if I mean I don't know what if if I could answer that question, if I could answer that question, uh, you know, accurately or, or fully. Well, it has to be accurate. Like, ask what, it again. What's the question again? What would be a day with your beloved? What does that look like? Like, what would a date look like with somebody you're really having a juicy love life with? Um, I think it would be. Um, you know, spending, you know, I think spending uh, the day together um, with a mix of um, spontaneity as well as planned things. Um, I, I like them. I like a mix of both. Um, and, would you, and would you be in this country? Yeah, I don't. You know, when I when I you know uh, you know thought of it first, at least what I envisioned was you know, the here and now. So I envisioned, you know, waking up in this bed. Like I envisioned um, being in this city and maybe having, um, you know, a, a lazy morning and then, you know, either making coffee or going to get brunch and being out in the world uh, without, much, um, without much of a plan and maybe meandering through a neighborhood one that we either knew or didn't know. <laughs> but then having, you know, either, um, you know, because I have an arts background, uh, you know, probably doing something artsy-fartsy in the evening, maybe, you know, a, uh, you know, a yummy dinner and nothing doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be yummy and tasty. Um, and then maybe going to see a show or some music or... Mm. Uh, something you know planned in in that respect. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something luxurious about um, not having about that sponta- spontaneity. Mm. Just being able to be with someone 
uh, without having to plan mm. and comfortable in your own skin. But mm. then there is something also then about like getting dressed up both for yourself and for the other. Mm. That I think is, you know, is exciting and sexy. Yeah. Well, well thank you. And where can people find you online? Um, uh, my website is uh, perfectunionny.com. Uh, a more perfect union is the name of my business. Um, and then uh, I'm on every social media, I think. I get <laughs> platform, or at least like the biggies. Let's go there. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm still on Ello, but uh, like that thing. Oh, never- what? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Instagrammer just because a lot of um, a lot of what I do um, uh, from the wedding side to the yoga side, and that's something that we didn't we didn't really talk about today. Um, are uh, very you know Instagrammable, <laughs> shareable, um, and at least the folks within my world uh, find a lot of inspiration through those pieces. Um, so my handle on Instagram as well as Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn um, are uh, at Perfect Union NY. Mm. Well, thank you, Hope, um, for being here. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge you just for honoring, like, love and just really creating an environment that is fun and filled with joy and feel like just like encouraging couples just to be alive and also thrive within their relationship and and being willing to ask the tough questions and to crack it open and say this is worth looking at to develop ourselves as a couple so we can just just be in love and not have this underlining thing that's been holding us back all this time and been going the whole space for that. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's also worth fighting for. Like sometimes you can't just be. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Action in the future. My pleasure, my love. Thank you. Hey guys. So don't forget to subscribe on Instagram at Jimmy Allen and Twitter simply jimmy and don't forget to rate rate subscribe comment and share this podcast if you enjoyed it thank you guys for joining me this is jimmy allen with crazy juicy love hey guys are you ready to call in your one are you ready to become wildly magnetic to the partner that you deserve and start creating that crazy juicy love well I am offering a discount package when you listen to this podcast. So when you listen to this podcast, you follow me on Instagram, you DM me and say, you listen to this podcast, and I will offer you a discount on a seven-week session. Crazy Juicy Love.